Welcome back to the I Am Winter Solstice Symposium, providing you a virtual gathering space during these midwinter winds. Please warm your hearts at our fire. We have 18 wise women presenting this year. And what makes this gathering extra special is the group of dedicated fire tenders who are holding space worldwide for the symposium for, for their own healing and for the healing of the world and the group. So take advantage of that. Come on over to the Wind Clan and check it out. And maybe you can light a candle, engulf us in a purple flame. And we have special instructions to help you do that. Today's guest is Kathleen McKinley, a best-selling author of the book, Souls Lost, Soul Restored, A Sacred Journey Back to Self. Since Kathleen's spiritual awakening in 1993, she developed a passion for indigenous wisdom that led her to study with Native American, Andean, Toltec, and Hawaiian shamans. In 2005, she received certification as a wellness life strategies coach and later a holistic wellness coach. In 2015, she became certified as an earth magic practitioner under the tutelage of internationally renowned shamanic practitioner, Dr. Stephen Farmer. Kathleen's specialty is to help women who are in transition and seeking deeper meaning in their life through life coaching workshops and retreats. Welcome. Thank you, Renee. Thanks for having me. I know Kathleen and I met at a very special auspicious moment one time at a holistic expo in Palm Springs, and we became fast friends from ever since then. We've traveled to Peru together, and I really watched her, and I'm sure she's been watching me develop over these last few years. And, you know, she was one of the people doing these wind mastery practices before we even knew what they were. Remember up there in Olea Tatambo doing our wind bass? <laughs> that was awesome. It was awesome. It was so great. So uh, Kathleen yeah. is going to present today about what? Well, about uh, my story that demonstrated how I pretty much navigated change, which led me uh, onto this path of becoming this courageous, peaceful warrior I am today. And, um, and so, so yeah, so let me share my story. You already mentioned this spiritual awakening that took place back in 1993. And that's the story I'm going to share because that was the one that was most life altering that really led me onto this path. Um, so back in the 90s, I was in a very unhealthy relationship addiction, and I uh, had no tools. I was totally disconnected from myself. I had low self-esteem. Um, I lived in fear primarily, and, and I got to a point in this relationship that finally I, I, I knew I needed to end it, and I, I didn't know how because I had no tools. Um, so yeah, I, and I didn't have courage. I didn't have courage. Um, I was, you know, when I look at my fears, it was more of a shame and a fear of judgment, you know, it was always about out others, you know, what are the others going to think? So, um, so I basically did nothing until the universe, you know, how the universe works, um, 
kind of put some stuff in my face and to the point where I started entering this dark night of the soul, like started going into a depression. And at that point I had to do something. I mean, all I could see was darkness. So fortunately, uh, uh, I um, had an employee assistance program, which I had never attended. I'd never seen the therapist. Uh, and I went. I, I made an appointment and I went and uh, we talked and she identified me as codependent, which I had no idea what that was, and gave me a book, Codependent No More by Melody Beattie and read that. And I'm like, oh, this is who I am, you know, and the first time I ever looked within, it was always, I was so always externally referenced out there, you know, and so now it was the first time I was looking within and I started to understand myself, started to go like, yeah, that's why I've been attracting these unhealthy relationships. I get it now. And so that alone just started making me feel a little bit better about myself because it was always so critical, like what's wrong with me? Why don't I fit in, you know? And that type of thing. So, so there were some tools there. And then she, my therapist said, I want you to go to Codependence Anonymous, CODA. It's a 12-step. Like, um, I was very reluctant, but I promised her I would go to five. So I walked in and there's a circle of people, you know, and um, sat down and they're sharing their, their own dysfunctional relationship stories. So it was helpful in that I didn't feel alone. And uh, I started getting some support. I had some support from that group. Um, and the, but the thing was, um, they started mentioning God in the 12 steps. And I'm like, what is this? You know, is this some religious cult or what is this? And I was ready to bolt, you know, because I, I know in my own upbringing in my religion. It was very fear-based. I had no connection with it. And I, I just was not ready to get into religion. But, but soon I, I, I was able to understand it was about a higher power. It was spiritual. It wasn't religious. You know, it was like, um, create your higher power. It's a loving energy. You know, it's um, something greater than yourself. And, and so I, I went home and I'm like, okay, well, um, let's call it the universe. And, you know, so I started communicating with this universe and asking. And, um, and I said, uh, you know, can you help, help me in this, this relationship, you know, guide me. And all of a sudden there were um, things started happening, you know, like, messages coming in my dreams, synchronicities, um, all sorts of things were happening that I couldn't have even imagined or created myself. And it allowed me to start to detach. It allowed me to start to believe in something greater. I started to trust it, this energy, and felt protected after a while, which allowed me to feel. I, it, it gave me permission to feel because all my life I'd shut down my feelings, my anger, my sadness. I was afraid of them. Um, and, and now my mantra became feel and deal. So I got to the one point where I was ready to end the relationship. And I, I, uh, I said, okay, bring it on. Cause you know, I ended the relationship and I knew I was going to grieve. I knew I was going to grieve like my whole life. So the emotions came. And they came strong. 
and uh, to the point where every day it got harder. By the ninth day, my heart had enlarged due to heartbreak syndrome. It's actually a physiological um, condition due to this kind of thing. And, uh, and I started to suffocate. I couldn't breathe. And so I remember coming home that day, struggling to breathe, crawling up my steps of my two-story home, crawling over to the window, looking up at the sky and saying, please replace this pain from my heart with love for you and love for myself. And in that second, the pain went away. And I just sat there going like, what happened? I just experienced a miracle. Like heartbreak syndrome can be fatal. I mean, I basically thought the kids were gonna come home and see their mother lying on the floor. And at that moment, I felt like I was part of everything. Like I all of a sudden knew things I didn't know. I felt like nature was a part of me. I was part of nature. Um, I could read signs in nature. All of a sudden, within that time period, I started like recognizing these hidden gifts that were emerging. I had just experienced, I think, what would be called a, a shaman's death, which led to my rebirth. And although it was a lot of suffering involved, it, it really led me to the birth of what I would call the birth of a healer. And, um, and so, yeah, so that then got me on my path to learning about Native American spirituality. And the reason I liked it so much was because of the reverence for nature and seeing the spirit in everything, and which is my belief system, um, and which led me to life coaching and shamanism and, and my practice in helping people heal and empower themselves uh, when they are going through you know, these kinds of changes. Um, Learning that the, the universe is always for us, never against us, even when it feels like it's not with us. It was, it was definitely, definitely there. And so, so basically to recap, you know, in a nutshell, in terms of those tools that helped me was knowing myself. I, I really had to shift it to me and stop looking out there, learning to love myself. So really being conscious of that negative self-talk and, and saying things to myself that were nice for a change, you know, with affirmations and visualizations, obviously creating a relation with something greater. That was, that was key. Um, because once I had that trust, I could feel and all my life being afraid to feel um, now I welcome emotion, you know, it's my, it's all about feel and deal in order to heal and recognizing that the emotions are our allies. So, um, and also taking times to be still and commune with nature was really, um, really important, really getting me to settle, settle in and, and allow my feelings to move through me. And so if I were to offer some tool for anyone watching to implement to help them navigate change, I would say what I love to do is take a journal and go out into nature with a question. Maybe you need some guidance and find that place that you're attracted to, that power place, that safe place, and sit there with your journal with that question 
And then start paying attention and start writing down whatever you see, whatever's happening around you. Maybe there's a bird or an insect or reptile or, you know, animal that shows up, but then what are their behaviors and what are they doing? You know, what are they doing? And uh, how are you feeling? And, you know, maybe it's people showing up. Maybe it's a truck going by with a message on the side of their truck, you know, write it down because the world is our mirror. And then later on, you can process it when you're done and, and, and look at it and go, oh, I know what that means. It's a metaphor. This is, this is my answer. And this is how it can guide me. Do, I do that a lot. I love it. And um, I kind of find it so magical. And life becomes more of an adventure as opposed to a problem to be solved. So, so that's my two cents for navigating change. Wow, she made that sound so easy. And it's funny because I've known you for so many years now, I don't even know how many, but a while. And I can't imagine you being this person who goes from, you know, driving home one day as a teacher to, you know, having a heartbreak that's so big and, you know, that, that you're afraid of that power. So many people are afraid of their power and, and, mm. And so I think some of the, the tips you were talking about, give us a couple of the uh, samples of affirmations people could use during these, you know, darker days of their own hibernation, their own winter. You know, how do you frame an affirmation? How do you, how do you make an affirmation that works for you? Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good question because I know initially when I started learning about affirmations in the nineties, you know, they're saying, uh, even to, to love yourself, you know, you're supposed to, I, I, I always use the mirror too. That's really a, a good technique because it look, you look right into your soul, but you know, there, you're supposed to say things like, you know, I love myself in this. I'm like, I can't do that because I really don't. I feel like it's not believable. I'm negating it. So instead I, I say something that's believable to me leading me into that direction. So for that, it would be like, Every day I choose to love myself more. Okay, now that's believable. Same thing with the trust in the universe. Every day I choose to have more trust in the universe or, you know, whatever it is that can lead you into getting to that place where you can finally say, yeah, I trust the universe or I, I trust myself or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but that's, that's uh, I think that's the way to, to approach it because if it's not believable, you, you know, you're, you're going to negate it right away. I can still remember I was living in Syracuse and I would go in front of the mirror and I'd bring a candle and I'd say, I love, I love you. I love you. And it was like, you know, watching my face morph into like a hundred thousand hags and uglinesses of, of faces that I didn't really like to see and kept yeah. talking to myself that, yes, I love you, no matter if that's the face or the other face or, you know, just that acceptance of self. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I know that you have that. Um, and then you said you, you journal a lot. So tell us about a journaling practice that might be useful for people during these, these changing times. What, you know, do you journal on your phone? Do you journal, you got a book? Do you do it first thing in the morning? What does a journaling practice look like? Okay. Um, well, the favorite journaling practice is the one out in nature. I mean, that's the one I love to do the most. Uh, but there are other times where I just sit, whether it's in, in there's, 
have an L-shaped so sofa and in the corner, I call it my vortex because I honest, honestly, I can sit there and I'll feel like <laughs> things just come to me. But, uh, or I'll sit in their screen and porch. But, um, but yeah, the journaling is, is, I often will in the shower in the morning get some kind of question or you know something comes through my head and and then I'll just grab my journal after I get changed and just start writing you know um you know and it's also after I do my my intentions for the day so like after I wash my hair I'll do my little braid and I'll weave my intentions for the day like you know how do I want to show up today is the big one you know I am you know organized and compassionate and grateful and honest and blah 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 yeah and you weave it right into your braid huh i always wondered what that right braid was That's i always intention. wondered what that braid was for now i know after all these there years, you go oh, it's our intention braid oh that makes more sense it um, gets me focused yeah mm -hmm. that's great and i know you also do something that you didn't really talk about and i think there's always like it's a kind of a flip-sided coin about this but you use an oracle for your life a lot and i know back when i was desperately seeking information i you know pull the oracle a hundred times to try to get the answer closer to what i want but how would somebody learning to know themselves use use an oracle whether it be the wind spirit cards or the medicine cards or you know the tarot is a little more it leaves you a lot more room for interpretation than some of these other cards that will give you you know louise hayes daily affirmation cards so how do you how do you integrate that into your day mm -hmm. um i love pulling the cards um and and as you know i because of the native american spirituality that i resonate with i use the sacred path cards a lot which are all lessons with native teachings and it's 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 a guidance system and it's self-discovery so so i just most of the time unless I have a specific question, I just ask like, what is it that I need to know at this time? I simply ask the question and pull a card. And um, a lot of times, you know, you can look at the card and look at the words that you don't even have to look at the book, you know, with its application or teaching. But um, so you do, you, do, you do both, you know, look at the picture, look at the words, what does it mean for you? But then of course, when you look at the application in the book, um, it just, it takes you to that part of yourself where you know, your subconscious just knows. And uh, your, you know, your intuition comes in. And I think it's great because it helps people recognize that you do have the answers. That's what, that's what the cards are all about. This, it's this knowing of self, because you'll pull it and you'll go, I know that I know what that means for me. And, um, and so with clients a lot, I'll do the a nine card spread, calling in the ancestors and um, helping them see where they're at, you know, what lesson they're learning, what lessons in the near future, what the challenges to the lesson, the inner wisdom they need to acknowledge in themselves, the wisdom offered by the ancestors, et cetera. So there is a, a red road and a blue road spread and a theme of the whole um, the the whole reading and it really allows the clients to get to a place where they have an understanding of what's going on in their lives and what they need to do to learn that next lesson so yeah i, I love the cards that's that's an awesome one too 
Except for when you find your, you know, like I was saying, when people find that, oh yeah, I, I'm looking for, they're more about like what you said, how you set it up. What do I need? Not tell me, is he coming back? Is he leaving me? I mean, I used to be so like, you know, woe is me and all of this, which brings me to the point of, you know, there's levels of awakening, awakening. And I talk about that at Winds of Spirit about how, you know, there's a first level of waking up. And then as you, as you expand in your awakening, um, there's a place where it's no longer about your, and I, I preface this, it's no longer about your self-healing per se, but, but trust me, self-healing will always reveal itself and it's a refinement, but there's a place where you start to turn your gifts outward towards the world. And, and you have a really special project that you, you um, are putting that energy toward. Do you want to talk about your, your hugs? Yeah. My program is called hugs for harmony. Um, And uh, I had um, taught the course. It's a year long course last year in person here in Delaware and now I'm putting it into an online digital format. And what it is, is um, it basically takes you through those levels like you're talking about. The, the H-U-G-S, the H is for healing. Um, so I get people, you know, once again, into the self-discovery and, and assessments regarding where they're at um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and socially. So there's those aspects of wellness that we look at and the tools that we people can use to to help them navigate those uh, areas that they need to um, improve so there's a big healing area uh, uh, component and then the you once that component's over we shift into the you which is universal oneness which is all about becoming one with the universe which i incorporate more some shamanic practices teaching them you know helping them get their power animals and journeying and reading signs in nature, you know, doing nature divinations, oracle cards, um, and that type of thing. So more healing takes place and they have more tools. And then the G, of course, once we remove the rust, once we clear out all that negativity and um, start to love ourselves more, etc., these hidden gifts start emerging. You know, we start recognizing um, kind of why we're here and who we are. And then the S is about service. You know, how can we use these gifts then to better make the, to serve, to make this world, to help make this world a better place. So that's the S in the hugs. And, and so, yeah, it's been very successful. And um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting it out there probably uh, in the beginning of 2019 in, in a digital form. And where can people find you? People can find me on my website, which is www.kathleenmcginley.net, M-C-G-I-N-L-E-Y. And also, um, I'm on a, uh, I'm the host of my own online television program called Transformation TV. Presently, it's on Facebook. Next year, it's going to be win its own website, but... um, you go into transformation tv on facebook you can find a bunch of healers best-selling authors we're all best-selling authors and and healers or teachers who are all on the same mission to empower people to help help people navigate change and empower themselves 
So I have a program on there every other Friday night uh, at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but then there's replays. So you can go back and, and find those programs and, and watch. So I would say that those are the areas. I also have my own Facebook page, Kathleen McGinley Heart Rock Healing is the name of my business. So you can find me there too. And all of those links will be in your, um, in your email that you get. And if you're not signed up for the symposium, please go over to imsymposium.com and sign up so that you can get all the special gifts that our presenters are offering. And stay tuned with us because we have many more days of this midwinter wind symposium, which people there's it's not we're not selling anything here we're giving this freely from the heart you don't have to buy the downloads later or anything like that you can just go over to youtube and check it out on my enlightening arts channel and you know be with us and because this is a transformational time of the season and we're here holding space together we have fire tenders holding space with us and because we all need it. You might need Kathleen's message or you might need uh, Amy's message, but they're all different messengers. You know, maybe you need a hug today. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being here with us and all of you at home. I hope you're really soaking this up this, this season. Thank you, Renee. You're awesome. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for joining us today and you're welcome to share this gift with your friends. Stay with us for the 12 days of the Yule. And if you feel called to go deeper, please join the group of committed fire tenders on the Wind Clan group page wall on Facebook. We look forward to being together with you on this online ceremony to celebrate and bring ritual back to the holy days.